Hello and welcome to the Moodle Podcast. Hi everyone and thanks for listening to the Moodle Podcast. I'm Abby Fry, Communications Manager at Moodle. And today you're going to hear a voice many of you will be familiar with. I have here with me Mary Cooch, the Education Manager at Moodle Academy, or as she's otherwise affectionately known, the Moodle Fairy. So it's great to have you here, Mary. Thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot and hello, everyone. Mary and I are going to explore the topic of learning today and a bit about the culture of learning at Moodle. But for those of you who don't know a bit about Mary's background, I thought I'd give a quick summary. So Mary was, in fact, a UK high school languages teacher for 28 years. She's a fluent French speaker and what she explains is an okay German speaker, although I suspect you're better than that, Mary. She's now aiming to improve her Spanish in time for the global Moodle mood, which is, of course, happening in September in Barcelona. And I know that she's also learning Russian. And I recently found out that she actually has a master's in blended and online education. So an awesome background. You've been with Moodle HQ in a variety of roles over nine years. So it's fair to say that Mary's seen Moodle evolve and grow and she's got a wealth of experience and knowledge and you are highly respected in the Moodle community. One of the things that's really struck me as I've, as I've got to know Mary over the time I've been at Moodle is that she has this capacity to constantly learn and seems to love to learn. And I really want to explore that first. You know, a lot's happened over your career and you've learned a lot, obviously. Did you always love learning, even as a small child? Um, well, I think all small children uh, love learning because everything is new to them. Um, I did like learning, but only the things which particularly interested me. Uh, as a small child, that was languages. We were planning on going to Mallorca for a holiday when I was 10, and so my mum bought me a, a book, Teach Yourself Spanish, and I started that on my own before I went to high school. And then um, as I progressed, uh, you know, I realised that when the internet came along, I was interested in the uh, making websites in a very uh, whizzy wig, what you see, what you get way, and just those kinds of things. So, no, I'm not interested in absolutely everything, but the things that do interest me to learn, um, I spend a lot of my free time doing them and enjoy it. Mm. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, obviously we should focus on learning the things we love, but somehow we forget that sometimes, I think, as a society. I'm wondering if languages and technology kind of have something in common in a way that they're made up of parts or there's rules, do you think? Well, that's interesting because I'm not a, a programmer or a, a technical person, but I've always been interested in code such as HTML, PHP. I can't write any of it, but I can understand a little bit, enough to copy and paste. And what's wonderful is if you get a little bit of HTML and you put it in your website, it suddenly does something. It's um, in the same way that if you learn a little bit of a language and speak to that person, they understand it. So, yeah, there is that kind of connection. It enables you to communicate with people, whether that's as a language speaking or whether that's pre presenting a, uh, a Moodle site in PHP or a website in HTML, really. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, your po it's a pocket of interest and it is about connection and, yeah. and people. Yes. Do you think that there's, you know, some people find academic learning, for instance, a bit terrifying? Yes. 
Do you, do, you, do you resonate with that? Do you understand why? Well, I think we're all different. I actually like certain aspects of academic learning in terms of languages. But uh, when I did my master's, I struggled quite a lot because I find myself more of a practical person, a doer. Having to read many what I consider to be dry research papers and theory, although this is very important to understand the background of what you're doing, that didn't interest me as much as the practical aspects of designing uh, workshops or lessons and so on and so forth, really. So as I did my master's, for instance, I learned a lot about myself and the things that interest me and that don't interest me as a person learning. Mm, that's lovely to hear. I, I, that resonates with me, actually, because as I've got older, I'm much more conscious that, yeah, there's theoretical learning, but there's also applied learning. And some people are more naturally interested in applied learning. And it's such an incredible thing to be uh, involved with. So it's nice to have a very broad perspective on learning, I think. Yeah. So let's go back to the, the you know, the dawn of the internet, um, perhaps when you're, when it all began. You said you liked tech. Perhaps before we all knew that it was really going to be a big thing uh, in education and the way it is now. How did you get going? Well, uh, even before the internet, actually, I had a, a boyfriend who was uh, a scientist and into computers. When in my first year of teaching, 1985, he made this computer program that generated word searches. You just typed in the words and it generated a word search. And so I printed them off on a dot matrix printer and gave them to the, my language classes, the beginners, the younger children. Then in about 1999, quite a lot later, we got the internet in my school in one classroom. So we had to book it weeks in advance to take the class in. And I'd already uh, got dial-up internet at home and had been playing with websites. And so I found a website that enabled you to do games, language games for your students, and put, uh, gave them the URL to do that. And in fact, it took ages because there was no way of shortening URLs. So all, all 32 had to try to type in this really long URL. I was really grateful when we had Moodle to just make a URL resource. Then, um, so I just carried on doing that on my own uh, when I could get into the one computer room. Then in 2005, I actually won a competition online and the prize was a year's web hosting. So I said, oh, can I have one of those Moodles? Because I've been involved in an online teaching community. I'm very much into online community, really. And I'd seen some teachers looking at Moodle and I thought, well, I'll try that. So they set it up for me because I could never have done that at the time. And um, then I gave the link to some of my classes and put my lessons on Moodle. And um, it was just by chance that one of my pupils happened to mention to the head of IT in the school that, oh, Miss Gooch has got a Moodle site because they had been trialing it, the IT department only, and they had no idea. And I had no idea that they were trialing it. So we came together in 2007 and then it developed from there. I became sort of the Moodle go-to person and I began to, to train and talk about Moodle to the other teachers. So it was a series of lucky coincidences, really, I think. Mm. I like the idea of coming together. You sort of mentioned that a very an early boyfriend designed something that you then used in the classroom and then later you came together with the IT department. I uh, 
recently did an interview with Jonathan Moore, who's the head of Moodle US, and he similarly talked about his background in development with his business partner and wife, Michelle's background in education, and they came together and he thought that was a powerful combination because he was able to see things from an educator's perspective and vice versa, she understood the challenges technically. So a little bit of analogies in that story. But I am impressed because I know how incredibly busy teaching is. I have spent some time as a teacher. The pace is challenging. Lesson prepping, marking, reporting, working with school leadership, parents, etc. So how where did you find the time to sort of put into creating this gamification and things that you did back then? Well, of course, um, the answer is you can always find the time for the things that you want to do. And uh, because this kind of learning, because I was learning how to use Moodle and how to use the internet, um, I, I wanted to, so I spent evenings and, and weekends just playing on my computer on the internet with Moodle at home because I, I wanted to. It is a challenge for teachers, I know, because very often, even now, you know, if you train some teachers or a group of teachers, they will say, but we don't have time. And I understand that. Um, I was sometimes, I remember sometimes doing things about midnight when the children had gone to bed, which is not advisable, really. But it was my choice. Sometimes people say they don't have time because they don't want to. For others, it is difficult. And what I'm really pleased about is as the years go by now, uh, we as, a, as an organisation, we are trying to offer ways to streamline Moodle, to make Moodle simpler to use for the, the teachers, for the user experience. And hopefully that will increasingly save them time um, in terms of learning how to use Moodle. And when I was training the teachers, I always gave them the, the, the quick ways to do things, for example, you know. And, the, and how did the teachers around you in the school that you were in react to you using Moodle and starting to use technologies? Can you remember that? Yeah, well, one good thing was that um, I, I was a languages teacher, not an ICT teacher. And there was also, there was an English teacher interested in this and there was a physical education teacher and so it was good that the teachers in all the departments saw that, no, this isn't just a thing for the computing department, for the techie uh, people. This is something that other teachers in other departments can use. And, you know, really early on in 2007, we were using it in ways that we could present to other schools, the PE department, the arts department, languages, English, history, and so on. Now, in terms of reacting, again, it depended on individual teachers. It wasn't necessarily an age thing because uh, there were some young teachers who were very enthusiastic, some older teachers like me. I must have been, I don't know, nearly 50 at the time, um, and my age, who were also very enthusiastic, and some younger and older teachers who were cynical, who thought, oh, this is never going to catch on, you know, but it did, yes. When I've done research into the online learning sector, I've read a lot about early adopters, actually, and how early adopters with technology, particularly in education settings, are almost like an accelerant. And I think that's what you're explaining, that if you have people that do embrace new things and new ways to do things, they can organically sort of spread that, um, yeah, the, the adoption. Would you? Was that your role, do you think? Yeah, well, we used to have what we called a Moodle moment. So every Wednesday morning, we used to have a, a briefing, just a 15-minute briefing in the staff room before 
the classes started and we used to have a regular literally two or three minute little moment where one of the teachers and preferably not a teacher from the IT department, would just showcase something they were doing with their classes using Moodle because we had, a, we had one of these newfangled big interactive whiteboards in the staff room um, after nearly 15 years of uh, blackboards and chalk. And again, that encouraged them because it showed the teachers that, no, this isn't just for techie people. I could use this in my classes as a geography teacher or a maths teacher or whatever. So, yeah. I like the idea of um, teachers showing one thing that they're doing. Yeah. I guess that makes it not overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yes. And, in fact, what we did as, as a policy in order to get the whole school, all the staff using Moodle, was, um, you know, we didn't say, oh, you've all got to go immediately and put everything on Moodle because that, that would have backfired. And nor did we say, no, if you don't want to use Moodle, you don't have to. So we or the, the, the deputy head, the assistant head in charge of this, I wasn't in charge of anything, I was just a teacher. Um, they said, just put one thing, please, this term on your Moodle site and allow your learners, your students to, to go and access it. So just by starting small, but insisting everyone had to do one thing to get into Moodle and then building it up from there. And that, that did work. Mm. Something I think there's a point of balance there, yes. isn't there? Right. And yep. learning maybe as a concept, you know, it's about developing micro skills. Yes. So taking maybe your masters seemed overwhelming at a point yes. in time, but you know, when you take small chunks at something, you slowly work towards it. Yes. Yeah. And I'm very yeah. grateful for the masters that I did learn so much about myself. If, and also that it did actually consolidate a lot of the things that I'd been doing in practice to learn about the theory behind them and to think, well, yeah, that, that's interesting. Now I understand why that worked with the students or why it didn't work. Yeah. Mm. And the students themselves, did they love technology? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were great drivers of it. You know, I said, like, sir, Miss Coochie's doing this on Moodle. Why can't you put stuff on Moodle too? You know, so, yeah, it did work. And what we had also was we had student champions. So we, ha we had some of the older students and we gave them teaching rights in a course and um, they, would set, they would set up their own groups and so on and so forth uh, to uh, like a student committee. Really. Yeah, it's like involving students Absolutely. in the learning and the, the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. technology adoption. I know that you gained the attention of Moodle. I think it was in about 2009. Can you tell me how that came about? Yeah, I started a blog at Christmas 2007 for something to do over Christmas uh, because, again, I like technology and I love writing. I absolutely love writing, as you know. And um, around about May 2008, I was approached by a publisher to write a book about teaching Moodle for 7 to 14-year-olds. So this was meant to be a book for non-technical, non-computing, non-admin people, but just for regular teachers. I wrote the book, it was published, and then I went to my first ever Moodle moot, which I think was in 2009 at Loughborough University, and I presented exactly on teaching Moodle for, uh, to younger students. And uh, I met Martin, uh, which was great. I got my photo taken with him like everybody does. 
And then the next year, I attended a Moodle Moot in London, and one of the then Moodle Partners Certified Service Providers invited me to do the keynote speech at the Moodle Moot in Sydney in 2011, um, which I, I was delighted to do, but I have to make an arrangement with my school to have that time off, obviously, still term time for us. And um, that's how it got started, really. Mm. And then how did you come to work with Moodle HQ full-time? It took a couple of years because I had been at the school for 28 years and it's very difficult, you know, if it's the only thing you've known. Eventually, on the 31st of March, 2013, uh, I left the school and on the 1st of April, I began working full-time for Moodle. So I've only ever had two jobs, actually, <laughs> two jobs. In <laughs> Was it hard to leave teaching? very hard simply because um, although there were difficulties especially as a language teacher in the UK you know it's very difficult um, I had I it was all I knew and I had started to teach the children of the children I taught first in fact some of the children I taught when I first began were teachers in the school now you know and um, but I really really enjoyed uh, training adults and explaining about Moodle because in the last couple of years at my school, I'd had a part-time teaching timetable and the other part of my time was going around um, different schools and other organisations helping people use Moodle. The audience changed, not children, now adults. Once a teacher, always a teacher, they say. Is that a defining characteristic of your roles at Moodle? I love teaching. I, what I love is breaking things down, breaking complicated things down to make them simple. I, I used to love that in terms of explaining grammar or other points to pupils. I love that now in explaining the different way things work in Moodle, which is why I love the making the videos and writing the documentation to try and, and make it in a simple, clear language so people can understand different steps. I mean, I'm really terrible about that. You know, if, if ever my children or my husband who struggle with tech will say, oh, how do I do this? I'll say, wait a minute, I'll just make you a two-minute video and then i send them this video, <laughs> really. Oh, that is classic. I would love to have that around me. It sounds like you're really doing is you're very good at demystifying things and breaking things down so people don't feel overwhelmed or fearful about the learning in front of them. So that's an awesome characteristic as a teacher, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. You just reminded me. I actually think the title of the keynote in Sydney was something like Demystifying Moodle, It's Not As Scary As You Think. That, that was what I chose as the title, if I remember, yeah. Oh, cool. How did the Moodle Fairy come about? Ah, that was, uh, again, when I was teaching, um, I used to be the sort of troubleshooter for other teachers who were having difficulties. And one of the IT teachers had a problem in his, one of his middle courses. And he mentioned it at the end of the afternoon. I went home and I went into the Moodle course and I, I fixed the problem. And I told him that. Uh, I emailed him, told him that. And the next morning he said, oh, the Moodle fairy sorted out my Moodle course. And I thought, oh, that's cool. So I just decided to call myself that on, on Twitter, which I had recently joined. And uh, that's where it came from, really. And you've gone from the being the Moodle fairy, or not gone from, but it's the Moodle fairy and you are the voice of Moodle. You do all, most of Moodle's training videos 
So it's probably, you know, you're well known for that reason, I think, in many ways. Do you enjoy the training videos? I love the training videos. They do take a long time. People who don't make videos don't realize, but for every three-minute video, it takes me over three hours. You know, I normally say one hour per minute. But I do enjoy them. It's one of those things, surprisingly, because although it is quite technical going through the sound and, and blending the, the bits together, I find it very relaxing. It's almost meditative because you can lose yourself in a video and you don't notice the hours going by until you realize, oh, I haven't had any lunch and it's nearly dinner time, you know. So uh, not only do I enjoy doing them for the benefit of moodlers, but it's actually nice for me to make me calm and relaxed. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me that when you learn or when you're engaged with something that you love, that it is meditative because you're not thinking about anything else. You're not stressful thoughts don't come into your head. And it's another really defining characteristic of learning, I think. That's what makes it so wonderful that it consumes you when you find yourself in that sweet spot or in great concentration. Yeah, and a, a great thing as I've discovered is that um, in order to make the new release videos, obviously you have to know how the new features work. So as I'm making the videos or writing the documentation, I am actually learning myself how this, how this new feature operates, the functionality. And it's very much as in the documentation on pedagogy and social constructionism. We learn best by creating something for others to see. So I am making release videos for people. And in so doing, I am learning about Moodle myself, you know. So it's a great circle, really, of learning. That is a nice circle, yeah, because that social constructionist theory that Martin built Moodle on is all about learning in a social situation, isn't it? That's right. And Moodle's, Moodle does support that in many ways. Yeah, and another thing that he said is we're all teachers and learners and in the best environments, we are both. So that's another example of how I'm a a teacher and a learner by making the videos and so on. And over the years, how have you seen the community of learning evolve at Moodle? I think um, one of the things that I really enjoy is uh, people who come to uh, Moodle.org and ask the questions, or even more so people who regularly come and answer the questions. And since we began with the Learn Moodle MOOC, which was in 2013, of course, we have more complete beginners who joined now. Um, so we've gone from just Moodle.org to the Learn Moodle course. And now, of course, we have Moodle Academy. Yes, that's been the power of the Moodle community. I think that people have learned from each other, whether they're developers or educators or systems administrators. There's much conversation and collaboration which is lovely. And obviously people do that through Moodle.org. And as you say, more recently through Moodle Academy, um, if you had to give a teacher, let's say, some advice, where do I start? Is Moodle Academy a good place for them? Um, as a teacher, it would first of all depend on if your organisation already has a Moodle site, then hopefully they would give you a course to practice in. If they weren't going to do training, do go to Moodle Academy and start with our Moodle Teaching Basics programme. If you're an individual and interested, well, obviously you go to Moodle Cloud, you get the free trial, and again, uh, start with the Moodle Teaching Basics program. But we also obviously have things to take you further because 
I'm really interested in beginners, but not everyone is a beginner forever. So we have the next level, Moodle teaching skills, and of course, the Moodle educator certification. Mm. So again, that's a nice idea that you can just gently progress and earn certifications and advance your skills. You know, we live in such an online world now, and obviously increasingly so since the pandemic. Are you looking forward to getting to meet some Moodlers in person in September? Yes, I am. Uh, Very much so. Uh, And I'm looking forward to -to face-to-face presentations or workshops. Probably not as much as you might think, because I've actually uh, really enjoyed working from home. Um, I spent 28 years in front of you know, regularly 32 students who didn't always want to learn. So I feel I've, I've done enough of the world. And so I was quite comfortable during the pandemic working online. But it's, it's very healthy and very good to see people, perhaps who you've connected with, like you, but never actually met. And so in terms of going to Barcelona and, and having face-to-face meetings, yeah, I'm really looking forward. And then I'll be happy to come home and work online again. I understand. It is amazing. We sit on opposite sides of the world, really, but it's as if we're together in the same room and everyone who's listening too, for that matter. That's right. Your current role, Mary, is, you know, you are the Moodle Academy Education Manager. What does that entail? Uh, What does that entail? My role has kind of grown organically over the years since 2013. Um, in fact, when I started, I, uh, my role was just to update the documentation in Moodle 2, and I called myself Documentation Fairy, which worked well until I had to fill in a tax return and thought, I can't really put down Documentation Fairy. So uh, then I was Community Educator, which was a nice title. Then I became Education Manager when I, I wrote or revamped the Moodle Educator Certificate a couple of years ago. So in terms of my role, yeah, I run uh, webinars along with other members of the academy team. I write courses. I've just finished a couple of courses this, uh, these last two weeks, which will be released. And uh, again, I continue with videos, documentation. And also I like to basically help different other teams in Moodle H2. So although I have a, a, a job landscape or description, I always really like to help people internally and externally. And one of the things I spend quite a bit of time on is answering questions in the forums, whether that's checking everyone on Academy in the general discussion forums is happy or going into Moodle.org. I just like answering questions. That fits with your your background as a teacher, I think. That's lovely. It continues. Yeah, in fact, I do, uh, I monitor the, so our support email, some of those, the community and academy. I actually like that. Yeah, I enjoy that. Hmm. I think diversity is always really nice to have some diversity in your role. It just makes you really enthusiastic for different things, I think. Yes. Definitely. Well, thank you, Mary. I know I've taken up a lot of your time and I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me today. It's been great and I'm sure everyone else has enjoyed it too. Thank you very much for the invitation. I've enjoyed it too. And thanks to our listeners. If you want to become involved in Moodle's learning community, we encourage you to join Moodle Academy. And you can do that by visiting the website, which is moodle.academy. Thanks for listening.